0: Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God, rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, 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 she's not dead. We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from church? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Sandra Crawford, the goddess of mediation, teaches at Northwestern, but also from Crawford Law PC. Law Crawford PC. Law Crawford PC. I knew I was going to get it backwards. (laughs) And this is your 30th year in practice. So happy anniversary. Thank you. It's also my son's 11th birthday. So it's exciting. Oh, wow.
1: That's great. And
0: and it's going to be exciting talking about um, limited scope representation, which is an interesting, interesting um, subject in whether it's the future of divorce. And I want to wrap up the show. We're going to talk about are we really going to see a bump in divorce, like what everyone's talking about? Well, and I want to move this over, Sandra. I saw you nodding.
1: Yeah, a lot
0: as of agreement. Hirsch, as Hirsch mentioned, team yeah. and support, and and I think sometimes, you know, you were talking earlier about legal, the legal profession in family law being the butt of jokes, yeah, the target of ridicule or, mm-hmm. or hate sometimes, right? Like everyone's oh, the stuff where there, there's You know, I was amazed as I got into the divorce industry deeper, how different it was and how the attorneys were then are painted in the media and stuff. We did a show about that a while back, but talk a little bit about that because everything I've seen from attorneys like you is to help people build a team. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I do a very specific type of family law. Um, Now, after 30 years, I can tell you I litigated for the better part of 25 of that. Um, and then I've mediated since 94 and now I do collaborative practice, which is a team, an interdisciplinary team, non-court model. That's what it is. It's limited scope representation because the attorneys commit not to go to litigation. Their contracts are not litigation contracts, so we limit our scope to being problem solvers, to being team builders, right? A, a divorce at, at the fundamental level, if the, if there's three types of divorce. We can put everything in nice little box. Is the emotional there's the financial, and there's the legal. I'm, you know, I can tell you, big secret, the legal is probably the easiest because we have rules to follow. This is where you file, this is how you respond, the, you know, the civil discourse, are, are, we've got that down. It's the emotional and the financial. So when I take intake clients, that's what I say. The, the legal is not the problem, it's how the emotions and the finances are playing out over here that then exacerbates the system, the legal system is, you know, all you hear about is underfunding and, you know, um, problems with the system and delays in court. And people don't know that they can really take back power and hire attorneys who can help them build that team. And it doesn't have to be in the context of a full collaborative case. Collaborative is a very, very stylized form of limited scope representation. It's not for everybody, but neither is mitigation. In the early years, I've been doing collaborative now since I came here to Illinois in 2002. It was founded by basically a worn out litigator, Stu Webb in Minnesota. Look, up, look him up on YouTube too. He's a his wonderful video as to why he came to doing this kind of work and why he realized that attorneys really did have to narrow their focus to be focused on settlement as opposed to what I call, you know, having you know, one foot on each place. You can't really settle it. What you have to do is keep thinking about, well, how is this going to play out at trial? Or what am I going to disclose that I want to keep for trial? So just the system. And there's wonderful books. There's um, one of our colleagues internationally has um, this um, metaphor that she used. It was like riding two horses. You were trying to settle a case while litigating a case, right? Um, Nancy Cameron from Canada. So, I mean, there's so much here, Doug, that, you know, I don't want to, no, well, you're, you're, you're
0: the last segment. So again, we don't want to give away all the goods right now. I, I mean, I wanted to hear, Wait, Mariah, it looked like you had a question. I
2: do. I think this also kind of goes back to the whole comedy discussion in giving divorce permission to be the life-altering, sometimes catastrophic events that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and not hiding it under the rug or not, you know, just going along with what your lawyer says because you want to keep your head down. You don't want people to know that you failed, which it isn't. Um, But it's not that different than when someone's diagnosed with a serious illness, you are going to go and do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But people don't necessarily do that in divorce. You're not going to have your surgeon also be your primary care doctor, also be your, you know, radiation person. They all have their own specialties. And if it's a serious illness, you're going to get multiple doctors and the same thing for a divorce. If it's a serious event in your life that impacts you so much emotionally, financially, legally, to get that team makes sense, but we have to talk about it. We have to laugh about it. We have to make it okay to seek out those professionals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Hirsch, I, want to I mean, school. this oh, oh, I'm
0: sorry, came I about. From, from, I cut
1: you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it came about from from you know a, a group of burned out litigators and a group of burned out mental health professionals who were saying the system is just ruining families. I mean, I say to clients, you will be divorced spouses, but you will never be divorced parents. Can't divorce the children, so you have to come together in that relationship um in a different way. It is not you are not dealing with, you know, the adult person I fell in love with and now I'm not in love with anymore and all the things that go with that. You're dealing with that person as a person who was influencing your child, and if you don't support them, nobody else will, right? Right. And if you don't have like
3: the Sorry, Sandra, I, I agree because I say to people that the divorce is not the last chapter in this part of your life. It's the first chapter in the rest of your life. That's and right. you
0: yeah. need to, you can use that. It's, it's cool. I don't think I made that up. You um, no, we <laughs> have to get that in your bio. I don't think but, you have that in your bio. We got to get that on the site. I'll, I'll put that in. But I, I, I believe that so much because people can
3: destroy their relationship trying to get that extra $2 out of their spouse. And then they're never going to be able to co-parent going forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- they, they need to think about that. They need to be a little bit more creative. I'm, I, I got to tell you, I, I just got to put this out because since we started with this support group through Divorce Diaries, I'm thinking, I, I'm envisioning you having this support group and everybody's there and you welcome them and thank you for coming. Okay, we're going to start up. Everyone's going to go around the table and tell one funny thing that happened to them in their divorce. Like, I am mean, imagining starting your divorce support group that way. I well, mean, i would be that. very interesting. Have
4: you, to, have you been to one of my shows? I've, I've actually done I, that for... I,
3: I haven't <laughs> seen all of... I haven't <laughs> seen too many of us, but I love that. You know what? She's and, and envisioning she did. been that She
0: performed...
4: No, I like it yeah. and, and you know, what's funny yeah. is that I, I've said that to people like what I, when I have some do, you know, interviews with the podcast, I said, well, what's the funniest thing about div- your divorce specifically? And it's really not even, uh, me and my ex-husband. It's like the, I mean, we get into it sometimes, but like my lawyer looked at me as the first mediation I had, I, not media. it was, I had to go and sit with another woman who was going to possibly, a mediator, I think it was, and I'm horrible sometimes with the terms. I just remember him prepping me. He's like, Michelle, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> oh, it was, it
1: was probably an evaluator. It was not evaluator. An, yeah, yeah. an evaluator. Yeah.
4: See, Sandra already knows that she can yeah, tell yeah. them about, I would say something in defense of my mother. like, And so I kept my mouth shut. I followed the directions of the teacher, like my mother always taught me. And I listened to what he said, and I left. And at the time, my ex was so emotional, even though I'm an emotional, more emotional being than everyone I ever met, like he was emotional and I walked out feeling like, I did it, I did it. And like, that was the funny <laughs> moment that I was proud of myself for not acting like a crazy Italian from North Jersey to get my point across. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think people are so unaware of when they go in, you know, one example would be that people always think, Okay, we're going to split things 50-50. It should be, you know, and when I tell them it doesn't have to be that way, it's so interesting. They're like, look at you and I go, well, how many houses do you have? One. All right, are you taking the left or the right? you Are you it right down the middle? Like, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, a part of it is that education for them, which maybe helps them in the emotion side. But, you know, taking a bit of that, that time to educate them on, on the path that they need, I think is very
0: important as well. So do you, Hirsch, do you tend to work with both divorcing spouses or kind of what's your model of working with the client? I, I've done
3: both. Um, I am a trained mediator, but I don't mediate in the true sense. I've I sat second chair a few times and been neutral, you know, a, a financial neutral to help them. Um, I've got a couple clients right now who are divorcing. It's relatively amicable, and I'm I'm working as a neutral, even though it's it's not collaborative. And I'm actually working with one couple right now. It's very interesting. It's, they both divorced and they've met each other and want to move forward. But I have no idea how to combine and or meld, I guess, you know, blend into a new couple, which is also an interesting, um, I guess, market if you want to look at it from that perspective. Most of my clients, realistically, though, are women getting divorced. The man tends to do the finances, whether they 30 or 60, I'm still finding the same thing. I always say to them, though, he wasn't born with a calculator. He had to learn it. And just because he did it certainly doesn't mean he's doing it well. Um, I believe if they work with me, I can teach them how to do it significantly better than their spouse ever did it.
0: Well, another great subject. Now, Hershey, if somebody, besides going to our Split Ready Divorce Pro Network, if they want to get hold of you and, and want right. to learn more about going through this in a, in a, in a strategic manner, uh, what's a good way they can get hold of you?
3: So my company is called Life Cycle Financial. The easiest way is go to my website. It is lifecycle.financial. It's no .com, .net. It's lifecycle.financial. It's the easiest way to get a hold of me, read some of my blogs, tell me what you think. I'd love to hear from you.
0: And we will have, for all the guests, all the panelists, we will have all their information in the posted replay of the podcast. So if anyone listening or listening to the replay wants the information, it'll be there. So, um, and... Getting Split Ready is brought to you by Split Ready and the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network. If you're looking for credentialed and vetted pros to help you through a divorce, pros like Hirsch, pros like Sandra, go to the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network. You get a um, subscription free to Split Ready when you take the Split Ready assessment, and that's the first step to getting Split Ready. So, Sandra. You and I have talked at length about. Well, first, congratulations on 30 years of practice in law.
1: Woo-hoo.
0: And and um, <laughs> I'm having to host a virtual toast tonight. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: But but in the collaborative space and in mediation, you know, I, I joke a little bit, but you really are legendary. Like everybody knows you. You're you know an instructor at the you know Northwestern uh, mediation program that I know. So many people that have gone through and that's where they learn. It's going online. It's going virtual. Oh, yeah, you know and I were talking about that.
1: teaching, yeah. We were supposed to be teaching last week and now that's an interesting thing.
0: It is. well, yeah. and that's are you gonna be teaching it online as well? August. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well,
1: well and that's you know, just the now.
0: ability to take the, your 30 years of practice and teach that to more people is fantastic. But I know that limited scope representation takes on a lot of different different forms um anything from collaborative to people kind of doing it themselves like i, I compare it to semi-homemade cooking right you know you buy a kit and you add some stuff and it's like homemade but do you think that that's becoming more the future of divorce
1: i think it is and i will tell you um on june 10th i'm doing a um a uh, webinar for for the illinois state bar association on limited scope and the, this the cover of our our Journal this month this, um, was about limited scope because folks are in, in hard economic times. There just isn't the dollars there, right? right? And lawyers now having to migrate to virtual with courts being closed, You know, people needing access to justice that they can't get. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the wave of the future. And I think, and that's funny because I've been doing collaborative for, for 18 years now and that's all it is is limited scope representation. So now it is, the law is very slow to change. Now it's the, it's the topic du jour around the, um, at least in Illinois, in the legal community. So it's time has come. Um, we've been ready in the collaborative community. We've been preaching interdisciplinary practice. And I will tell you, in the last 18 years, practicing interdisciplinary and studying interdisciplinary with financial people and mental health people has really improved my skill set, right? right. allowed me to go on to teach Um, mediation because you've got a different perspective. It's not the law. I mean, I'm here to tell you, if you want the law, here's what it is. In Illinois, we under professional code of responsibility, it says, so long as it is reasonable under the circumstances and the client gives informed consent, you can deliver services in kind of bite-sized chunks, right? So I can ghostwrite something for you. I can go in and argue one motion for you. I've actually had a client who was very successfully did her own um, custody case in Illinois when we still called it custody. Now we call it parenting allocation, which is really a sea change in the language. Um, but you know, I had a client who very successfully, with coaching, with help ghost writing, because she couldn't afford. She was she had a self catering. She was a caterer had a catering business. Um, and just had a child who was 16, 17. Was, she wanted to save her money to put that child through college and not spend it on, on litigation. And, it, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. So it's like everything. It's not for everybody. You have to, as a client, you have to decide for yourself. But I practiced, I started practicing, Doug, before the internet, before cell phones, right? I mean, right, right. It's a long time, right, where the information wasn't available.
0: To Do you think that's been a driver for limited yeah. scope? Is that yeah. the, the now, but the question would be, and, and this is where our client base, Mariah and I talk, at all, <coughs> we'll talk about it all the time, is there's a lot of information out there, doesn't mean it's good information. And a lot of people think that really? limited scope representation is. That prose is better. I'll do it myself. All the answers are out there. I'll write my own divorce decree instead of getting a little bit of help. And and Hirsch and, and and Michelle, if you guys want to chime in, um, it sounds like that's not the way to go. Yeah,
3: it, it's it's risky because you you're saying to yourself, I have the ability to learn the law in the next I don't know six weeks, where somebody's been you know to law school, been practicing in, in this case for thirty years has an enormous amount of legal expertise and you thinking, Oh, I can get up to speed in six weeks. It's fine. I'm not saying there's not things you can do by yourself. There certainly are things that you can, but I I firmly believe you should have some input from an attorney, whether it's reviewing that final document, whether it's guiding you on the basics of the law and how things come together. Uh, I'd be very, very uh, nervous. If a client said to me, I'm going to handle all of this by myself. Don't worry. I, I would worry. I definitely would.
4: I would never ever want to handle them. <laughs> I, I personally, I mean, I, I don't. I have a thing for people who are not in who act, I have an agree, a grievance with people who, ha, who act as though they're experts because they read off of Google or Twitter, as opposed to being an actual expert in the field. It, it really frustrates me. Um, and I, I'm going off of, you know, currently what's going on. Everyone has an opinion, understandable, but everyone also acts like an expert. Uh, and in, with, with divorce for me, it was, now I'm going to have an attorney. Why would I not have an attorney? But, but not, but what my, the other thing was not just an attorney, an attorney that is going to be on your side. And, and I don't say that because most attorneys you think oh, over on your side, I had your family wasn't a family friend. It was a fa- friend of the family who was my first lawyer. And that was a mistake uh, because they really weren't, they really didn't want to take my case and it, it was evident. And then I switched, so I, I had to really should have evaluated the kind of uh, as opposed to just pulling the trigger with a lawyer uh, because I was so afraid of money at the time. Um, I felt like I really should have also, besides you know, not at all representing myself, but finding the attorney that was going to really get me what I wanted, which was simple for me. And when he came to an agreement with me too on it, my ex-husband, it wasn't it wasn't even a matter of uh, fighting over anymore. But uh, you know, at the beginning, I needed someone in my corner. So,
1: mm. well, limited scope representation. See, it allows clients who cannot afford to have full representation. And here's the thing about representation: at least the statistics in Illinois, upwards of seventy percent in some counties are self-represented litigants. Yeah. And what people don't recognize is what strain that puts on the system. The court systems are funded through tax. So, you know, when you say, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the court system, it's free and I don't have to have a lawyer and I can walk into a courtroom and it's free. It's not free. The rest of us, everybody who pays taxes in that county are paying for that system. So it's not a, well, I'm going to represent myself and it'll be free because people who don't know, then there has to be special, you know, services and help desks and that all costs money. And yes, I want people to represent them. So I have no vested interest in saying, You have to have a lawyer and you have to pick me because each family, I, the wheel I do for my clients is the people, the problem, the process, and that's always, and the people include the attorneys and not, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I have a very specific philosophy about how family law should be practiced. But the funny thing about me is I went through divorce in the middle of law school with three-year-old twins. Yeah. So you want some funny stories? We'll, we'll talk after, but it'll happen. I no, love that. No, I don't
4: love that, but I think that
1: there's some, yeah, see, there's always a, there's uh, always there's always a story. story. <laughs> no, I got to ask. There's
3: got to be a lot of that, material with that one.
0: Did yeah. that drive oh, you to yeah.
3: family
1: law? But, but We're very good friends, and we're now helping our daughter plan her wedding, an international oh. wedding that just got canceled, and postponed, oh. and yeah. So we're still very good friends. So, so did, but, did, did going through a
0: divorce during law school push you to family law?
1: No, no, absolutely not. Because the first uh, three years I practiced, I did mechanically in foreclosure where I represented contractors and subcontractors. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I worked full time when I was in law school too. So I I worked for a patent and trademark firm. They were the good days. Yeah, I actually took a... Oh, can we do some therapy? Actually I took a pay cut to go, to go practice law the first year I was out. <laughs> yeah. So it's not all, all that's cracked up to be. And I think lawyers we are a very small part of the population. I think people don't realize what a a small, like in Illinois on any good day, there's like 70,000 lawyers who are practicing, active practicing lawyers, and there's 13 million people in Illinois. So we're a really small part of the population that's vested with with all that, like, they, you know, when people are at at, at odds with one another and then they resolve it, then it turns against the lawyers. So, you know, and, and we really are, I mean, as I said, the Bar Association, has really come around. I mean, initially, it was, it was not an easy thing to sell collaborative, which was limited scope. but the Bar Association, you know, had written rules and done this investigation on the lack of access to justice because people arrive at the courthouse and didn't even know where to file, and the clerks aren't allowed to tell them or give them any legal advice, so the whole system...
2: Especially before the internet. People can yeah. find some information now if they're semi-proficient yeah. at Google. Yeah. Before that... It was a
0: crapshoot. Yeah. Well, and i I wanna I wanna move to a question for Hirsch is, let's say someone comes to you without representation yet, or they're starting going that direction, and you're talking budget. How do you help them figure out the right kind of divorce? Because they might think they want a certain kind of divorce, and they really don't have the resources. And I have those conversations. Very tell me a little bit about how yeah. that that meshes with your process.
3: So I, I think there's a few things with that. One is and it was said very well earlier, you really have to be comfortable with the professional you're working with. I I think I'm very, very good at what I do, but I'm not right for everybody. I mean, if I'm not the right person and and where I tend not to be the right person is if I'm working with them, I want to set a realistic budget. So I do budgets differently. I start with them and I'll say to them, I don't care about your income right now. You know, most people are like, what's my income? How much do I spend? Let me hope I have something at the bottom. And, you know, I I say ignore your income. Start with what you absolutely need to live off of. Now let's look at your income and see how they match and and have a discussion then about moving forward. Everything is now a spending habit and a choice. And are they healthy or are they not so healthy, these choices and these spending habits? That's a big thing. But... On the other end, I'll tell you this, 70% of people in this country or households in this country do not have a budget. Mm-hmm. And I wonder on the other 30%, how many actually live by their budget or, you know, they've got two kids since then kind of thing. And, you know, oh, yeah, i got a budget. Let me go find it somewhere, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think the guidance and, and just being raw, honest, and I don't mean that in, in a rude way. I just mean I, if, if this is not going to work, it's not going to work. I need to tell you, this, is, this budget's not realistic. I, I've also had on the flip side of that where people want to learn and be responsible, and they've been pressurized because the spouse is saying, just give me a number and we'll be done. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they really do need to do that work. And if you can do that ahead of time, like I was saying earlier, I think that is huge because then when it comes to these discussions, they can make rational decisions. I also think though, they need to be realistic, you know, divorce is not free and sometimes saving a little bit by not using, for example, an attorney can cost you a lot more on the other end. Mm -hmm. And so I try to bring that into the picture to answer your question in a long-winded way. I do ask them, go speak to attorneys at a minimum and interview them. And I've, I've actually got a blog that tells you how to interview an attorney, but one of the things I want them to say is... If I don't use an attorney, what are the downfalls? Mm-hmm. Learn, uh, you know, and you can still make that decision. I, it's up to you. But I'm not sure I would agree with that. on the on the bottom line.
1: Well, well you know, Hirsch, I think it's an old model that people think they cannot buy, uh, you know, an hour's worth of service, right? That, uh, oh, if I'm a lawyer, this is, this is all going to be too much without even knowing it. And like I say to folks, you had a budget for the wedding, even if it was just for the <laughs> ring and the flowers and the the license, what's your budget for this divorce, right? What's the, budget? right. You're going to fight about money. You need big box money where there's people handing you hundred dollar bills every second, because yeah. unless you have that going on, you can't fight about the money because it's yours. It's not going to grow high. I that think, is
0: awesome. I love that point. Yeah.
1: I, I think that. the media ha- ha- has done a, a bad service in, to the divorce industry. The kind of the, just what's out there, um, it's just, it's, it's this unreal, you know, it's that the sad music plays and the, and the divorce papers arrive in the mail and it's signed the papers. Wait. Well,
4: what? there's a, Jay Cutler is getting divorced and all I'm saying is I had him on my vision board for four years, so it's good news for me.
0: I already told you about that. You're talking to Chicago people. I know. Jay on no one's vision board. Oh,
4: uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just
1: didn't
0: No one's him. vision board. <laughs> No one's vision board in Chicago. No.
2: But no. Doug, no. I'd like
1: to leave it on a uh, on no. a serious note. Sorry. Sorry, Sandra. Bring it back down to being more serious. But like get out there every like two people tell two people, you know, the, the old shampoo commercial, or is nobody old enough for that one. Understand that you can employ attorneys to do discrete tasks such as drafting pleadings, writing letters on your behalf, coaching you, and for particular issues in a case. We now have a whole bunch of rules in Illinois, and the rest of the country, if it's not already there, is going to follow suit, because it's something all the law societies are, are, are working on. You can buy time. And most attorneys, I will tell you, most attorneys will give you an hour free. I do, because I want to get to know the client, and if I'm, it's not a good fit, I can't be in that space. If somebody comes to me and says, I want to wreck the heart out, I want to take the kids, I want everything you're not the person I want to work with, right? Sorry that you. May, there may be people who will do that for you, but I've, I've been to the heart of darkness. I've done those 10-day trials where, you know, you have the client who wanted everything and the expectations were that they didn't get the purple couch. That's a, a line from my mentor, right? They're fighting about the purple couch. It's like, you know, if they yeah. did get that, then they didn't. But working with mental health professionals and working with a lot of the stuff out of the Harvard negotiation product, on interest-based negotiations, which is the basis of mediation. Now i will going to teaching a little bit about that. The basis of mediation, anything out of the Harvard Negotiation Project, and I recommend people read the book, Getting to Yes. It's about getting away from positions and getting into why is it you need to put, put, put the couch? Why is that so important to you? And like the whole idea of, oh, we attorneys don't deal with emotions. <laughs> Sorry, you know, yeah. you don't check at the door, no, it's not my baggage you can check it and come in. So there's a lot, but I would say just getting out the word that attorneys aren't the bad guys. We will normally give most of the attorneys I know, and I'm a sole practitioner, give free advice, but it's worth just that, right? Free advice is not worth much. Um, But you kind of like, nobody knows they can approach attorneys and attorneys are generally, I believe, shout out for my profession, kind hearted, We are trying to do the best. Most lawyers, you know, come out of law school with this, you know, we've got an idealistic sense of things until, you know, we meet this public opinion and public image of, well, you're all after the money or you're taking our money or you're part of the problem. And I think in the, at least the limited scope representation space, the attorneys there are, we want to be part of the solution. And if we can't be part of the solution, then we're not for you. Does that make sense? And I, I, I want to say if, because
0: we've got to wind this segment down. But if people want to get hold of you, you know, you've got so much great information out there. Um, how can they get hold of you? What's the best way for them to get hold of you? Very simple,
1: Law Crawford.com. Just L A W C R A W F O R D dcom com. This COVID has made me start a blog. Fight oh, to Fifty. Oh,
0: you've had some great <laughs> articles. I, I, we shared one of those articles a, a couple you. weeks ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but I, you have to, it's like a, it's like a, a an animal, it's like probably children. Now you have to feed it. Yep, to feed it. Yep. And now I have to, to feed it. So there's all sorts of distress. So I, I'd love any input from, from all of your guests for something to put on my blog because it's- Well, and they
0: stuff. can also find you in the split ready, uh, divorce pro network. Um, you've got, you know, your collaboration pro mediation pro legal pro. And in the advanced search with what you're talking about, limited scope representation, we actually call that out. So people can find those perfect type of attorneys that can help them for the the little bit of work that they do. The other
1: term, the other term for people to remember, unbundled services. So limited scope or unbundling. So it's this idea that we have kind of the things that we do as attorneys, writing, giving advice, you know, having opinions, telling you about the law, telling you how to act in court. Um, preparing you to to go into an evaluation and not feel like not come out on the bad side of an evaluation, right? Yeah. Is that they, all of those are discrete tasks that lawyers will do because all oh, we have in land of Lincoln, Abe, Abe Lincoln, all you have to all you have to sell is your time and right. your years of expertise. And most by the time most lawyers get out of, uh, of law school, they've done you know seven years of, of studying and a year of studying for the bar. You know, so there's eight years behind what we do. And now, kind of, you know, eight years and a lot of dollars, I'm, you know, 30 years ago it was expensive, but not as expensive as it is now. But, you know, attorneys are there. And we're, we are, interestingly enough, and I don't want to belabor, make a long story longer as my father used to say, um, we are, under our code of ethics, we are public citizens. We're not private citizens. So in our, our preamble to, to our code, and it's based on the model code, We are public citizens, so we have to serve the public, right? And you cannot just get out of a litigation if you want. You have to leave a court to come in and go out. So our kind of, the profession's standards are very high. And I think that's something that I'm very proud of in the collaborative movement, in the State Bar Association. Um, I'm very lucky to be the third vice president of the State Bar Foundation. And we do a lot of education for the public on access to justice. Because if people don't know what their rights are, they're not going to be served well by the court because the judge can't tell them when they get there. The judge can't give them advice. The clerk can't give them advice.